everybody. This is Lindsay with Tea Time with Linz. Thank you for joining us. And again, thank you, Poe the Passenger, for the intro and outro music. I'm always just going to pick you guys up because you're fucking awesome. Today, I am joined with Sarah Mayhew. Sarah is an actress, co-artistic director of Old Trunk Theatre Company, and associate artist at Queen's Theatre Hornchurch. Sarah has an amazing resume CV, whatever, that just extends my arm and beyond. Uh, Sarah is absolutely one of the funniest people I've ever met. Um, I hope you enjoy this interview. It's very informative, especially all the ins and outs about Edinburgh Fringe Festival and just festivals and touring and putting on your own productions in general. It's very insightful. You can also catch Sarah in Alfie Dale's short film, My Brother is a Mermaid, which is it's such it's a fantastic short film. And then it's doing absolutely incredibly well around the film festival circuit. So congratulations on that. Um, and so let's get started. You can follow Sarah on Twitter at Houston and on Instagram at Houston. All right. Enjoy the interview, guys. I knew you back in college. Mm-hmm. You're one of my teachers. But I just I remember you used to be a dancer. Yes, that's correct. Okay. That is so correct. So I started dancing. So when did you start? What got you into the whole dancing bug? Okay, so I mean, I was one of those sent to dance classes at three, you know? Yeah. Toodling along to ballet classes. And I think it just stuck. And I think I, I don't know, I just did. I had a, I had a rival. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So I had this rival. It was always me and this other girl that was like up for, I don't know, you know what it's like. Um, and I think that spurred me on. Like we like a bit of competition, don't we? Yeah. Um, so uh, I think the competition with her and kind of like she she was way more perfect than me. Like she had like the bottom half. Like her hips were great, her extensions were great, her decorations were great. But I had the kind of up a bit, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So I just I knew I could do it, and then and then I thought I I, I want to do this probably from about nine ten. Oh, wow. Yeah. I knew I wanted it as a career. It's interesting. I'm seeing a consistent, a lot of people I've spoken to, they've all wanted to start around eight and nine. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I suppose it's when you're, I don't know if you're sort of, yeah, you can start to see yourself in the world a bit. Yeah. And kind of know what you want to do, even though you're quite young. Uh, yeah. So I just sort of carried on. And, um, and then I, you know, I, I was doing acting at school and stuff and, I thought actually I quite like this actually a bit more mm-hmm. um and did the usual although I was telling somebody the other day I was like how the hell did we used to do this because now of course you just go oh drama school into the computer and uh so I think I got something called the dancing times and I'd go into the back and see all the schools and I started auditioning very very early very young in fact and then I kind of yeah that's sort of where I was and and that's where it started uh, and I got into places and I never got a grant so I thought oh crap what am I going to do so I got the stage another little newspaper mm-hmm. if you remember that one every Wednesday or Thursday or whatever every it was every Thursday I was WH Smith's yeah yep. exactly ATP <laughs> ATP from WH Smith and you go <laughs> straight out I mean we weren't really in the world of coffee shops so I probably took it home on the bus go to the back and see all the jobs oh you know, for dancers, because that was accessible. And of course, back then as well, it was the equity card. Yep. So you had to have the equity card, but you couldn't get an equity card without working. So again, the dancing seemed to be the one that would get me the card that I'd get, you know, I'd start on my professional career. So I started auditioning um, and you just sort of go off to Pineapple, Covent Garden, very glam. Um, I still love those sweatshirts and my One of my first, I had one, I still got mine and I still fit in it. I love that. The one that goes From off when the I shoulder. Was 12. Um, mine was a grey one with pink pineapple mm-hmm. written across it. Yeah. Yeah. And I had a t-shirt as well, V-neck t-shirt with a blue pineapple. And I bought some gold, uh, I don't know, like material stuff. And I wore it as a belt <laughs> and went to school discos in it. Because <laughs> I never went to pineapple, even as an adult. I just felt like I could never oh. buy one of the t-shirts, even though I Yeah, no, one. I get it. I think it's quite intimidating. I love pineapple, but I think there is that going up those steps. 
I don't know, and some very, very cool dancers behind reception. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of put you off, but I was like, no, I'm doing it. Um, yeah, so I just, uh, <laughs> I did these auditions, bonkers open calls, which are, you know, hardcore, really, if you yeah. think about it, going in. Uh, and then I got my first job, which was in Mexico. Oh my in the gosh. States. Mm. That's amazing. Yeah, That's in amazing a circus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was great. And I kind of got the call. I was in my garden. I got the call and they were like, yeah, you got the job. Uh, so you leave in two week time. And I was like, epic. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, oh yeah. Gosh. So I was um, working at Pizza Hut South End, which is no longer there. Um, and I did my last shift there and then flew to Mexico the next morning with all the girls and a couple of the boys that were going to be the new lot of dancers at this circus. I think it's a 2,000, 3,000 seat circus, big top, um, called Circo Tiani. Very, very famous in Southern America, in South America. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And so there we were and, the, and we got there and we were taken to Pizza Hut, Mexico City. <laughs> <laughs> How similar was it? Was it like identical? It was like totally similar. It was exactly the same. I was like, what? What? This is bonkers. Hi, can I take anyone's order? That'd be great. Um, you know, so yeah, that's where I was. And it was uh, like the most surreal thing. That just, yeah. And then, and then pretty much straight into rehearsals. Wow. On this huge, I mean, it was huge. It was all sequins and feather packs and fishnets. And the dream. I, the dream, the da- living the, the dream. dream. The dancing dream in, in a caravan all these you know and it was on the road stuff it was like you know pack up off we go yeah yeah it was great it was a real it was a baptism of fire into into working life and yeah. dancing life which is a very um quite a strange thing <laughs> as well um yeah so that was my first professional job just being chopped into 10 pieces by the magician Oh my as goodness. well yeah and a duck turned into me Fantastic. yeah Aww. yeah so that you was love great magic I love a bit of magic I didn't so like how long so much. how long were you on the road for oh god I can't even remember it was a year contract oh my god yeah it was so long like it was a long couple of weeks couple of months a year. no 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 no, no it was a year contract but we didn't quite manage the year but pretty close to the year but we did um Mexico City up to Monterey into Nuevo Laredo, over the border into Texas, Houston, uh, then along to uh, New Orleans, mm-hmm. uh, then down into Palm Springs, and then Miami. Oh wow, that's a big tour. So it, was, it was nice. nice. Yeah, it was nice. So, so how old were you was... at this point? I would have been about twenty, nineteen, twenty. Okay. I think I feel like yeah. that's the idle age to do stuff like that as well yeah it, yeah because you're quite you call it full of adventure so that's mm-hmm. always a good thing but I was quite full of adventure anyway because I'd already been I know you're obviously in LA now but I'd already been to LA with mates when yeah. I was about 18 and been out I was thinking I was out there, we were out there for about three months mm-hmm. thinking we could break Hollywood <laughs> Yeah, we all do that. We all do that. I'm still doing that. I'd say, like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And I think I, I packed a pair of Dr. Martin boots, a cut down pair of Levi's, a bikini, some bonkers hat, and thought, that's it. We're off. Let's go. Let's go get an agent. <laughs> <laughs> no headshots, no nothing. Just myself and my dogs. Oh, I Did love some that. bits and bobs though, so that was all right. Under under the radar stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah when you got back to England you carried on dance uh, yes because then I went on another contract back to England had the bug so back to the stage back to auditioning um and then booked a job in Greece oh nice yeah 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 um so we started in Athens rehearsed in Athens and it was just a small troupe of us um, and we then toured again to all the bazooki clubs. I wonder, so do very... you know Jane Gull? Yeah. Did she dance? She, she was a dancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she oh was my from God. Bavaria. She's 
oh, where is she? She's doing something with someone that I know. She's doing, I think she's on the board of a film that, you know, Wendy Morgan? No. She's an actress as well. Well, Wendy is writing a film. It's very exciting. Maybe it's a TV, I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, but Jane is involved. Jane's okay. on board because she's a director now. Yeah, she's been directing for, I don't know, since I've known her, really. Mm. That was, but yeah, sorry, when you just said Greece and dancing, I'm sure Jane did a oh, dancing I tour. I to torture about that. In Greece. Anyway, sorry, that was a sidetrack. So you're in, <laughs> <laughs> but South End is a small place. I know she's in London right now, but. Yeah, it is. Essex, I mean, it yeah. is. And there's a lot of creative people and actors and performers and all sorts. There's so many. So it's many. Really... So it's a really, it's, it's culturally thick with us. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jane's definitely, I must, oh, yeah, I must chat to her then yeah. about that. Mm. But yeah, Greece was great. I mean, it's, uh, we were in Santorini and we were in Thessaloniki, which is probably one of my favourite places. Rhodes, we were in for a long time. Living the dance of life, live the dream <laughs> <laughs> until our choreographer fucked off and left us stranded for a while. That was a bit scary. Oh, good but, uh, luckily, I had my equity cards so we could phone up equity. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> <laughs> oh, so they do do something, okay? They actually do. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've never needed to use them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I did. And they're great. <laughs> That's good. And, it's one of those things that you might never use them for the whole of your life, but when you need them, they're pretty damn good. Okay, good. That's good. Good yeah. shout out, Equity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've never stopped my membership, so I'm still, I'm still there. Yeah. <laughs> you came back to South End. Yeah. And then fast forward X amount of years. So you started teaching at Southeast Essex College. I never actually. Yeah. I think I only had you as a teacher one time. Probably because you were um, Kira, weren't you? I was Kira. Yeah. And then also Val, Val Taylor. Is that oh her God, last I name? Love Val. Yeah. Is that her last love name, Val, Val Taylor? Well, she was um, Val Taylor, then Val Miller. I think she's Val Taylor again. Okay. Yeah, I loved Val. Yeah. Used to do privates with her. Loved her so much. Oh, um, she's great. And then, yeah, I just remember, it's so funny. I just remember one time in class, you had us walking across the floor and just like, we were like doing that walking exercise where you're observing everybody's walk yeah. and then you're like head up let's say <laughs> because I always walked with my head down <laughs> always looking at the floor and it's so funny because anytime I catch myself with my head down which is very rare now okay anytime I catch myself with my head down I'm like head up <laughs> head up let's head up, head up. <laughs> so that was a really valuable <laughs> because, yeah. I don't know why I walked like that it was an insecurity. I, th I think it was an insecurity it's thing. Insecure in it. Definitely. Yeah, it was definitely an insecurity thing. Um, but I remember you used to do scared scriptless. Yep. Every Friday and Saturday. Yep. That was like my mm. dream. Was it? Honestly, if I told you, that was one of my whole goals. I was really? really in college. I was so obsessed with it. I think I used to go pretty much every time you performed. I was just amazing. Was, yeah, I loved it so much. And then it started petering it out at the end and you weren't doing as many shows. Weren't doing as many shows. I think we did, we did, quite, we did a lot, a lot, a lot. And then myself and Simon reformed as Quirkish Delight. Yeah, Simon Blackman. Yeah. I think we sat in the railway pub and we just went, should we just do it ourselves then? <laughs> <laughs> so we got a band, a band of uh, merry humans yeah. um, and a few students as well that I'd kind of found um and kind of trained them up and got them used to it and yeah and then so we were back on it and then Quirkage got a very big following um and we did a lot a lot of shows so it was um was Wit Tank in that because I remember going to see Wit Tank wasn't that one of Simon's yeah that was one of Simon's sketch shows okay maybe I think and anytime I go to say it, I'm always like titwank and I'm like no yeah. it's Wit Tank but I'm yeah, just like oh well that's that's what it was though right that's what it was like <laughs> Um, yeah, it's funny. I did actually have a bit of a crush on Simon. Ah, uh, a lot it's, of people do. Yeah, it's it was so funny. He's so, he's very uh, suave, and I think people have that crush because he's a bit like Mr. Darcy sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Striding, tall. Yeah, and just very and then bumbling around with a very mysterious and just kind of very aloof, but also very goofy. Yeah, 
Um, I remember when you guys did Erpingham Camp at the Palace mm. Theatre. Mm. I have such a really very strange memory. But I remember Theo was, he dropped a line and he was going on loop with one of his lines. Yeah. <laughs> that always makes me like, oh. And then Simon in character just fed him the line. Love and it him. was just probably one of my favorite moments in theater because it was so seamless. And then Theo mm. just picked it up and everybody was just cheering and laughing. And it was just probably one of those moments where you're like, oh my God, that's what teamwork is. Yes. And it was just so amazing. Yeah. And also that kind of improv skill of not, you don't fluster. Once you don't fluster. You, oh yeah. You don't, yeah, you don't fluster. And I think Simon was brilliant because as well, you know, I'd really only known him in improv and he, you know, blossomed. Uh, and blossomed and blossomed and you know, he 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 emceed in the end uh, but when it was a scripted piece I think he was quite nervous actually because he wasn't really used to doing scripted pieces but his talent for that improv mm-hmm. just shone through and uh, moments like that I think he probably bailed us all out actually yeah it was just one of those really joyous mm. moments and I just, I've never forgotten it obviously because mm. I'm talking about it there almost 20 years later 20 years later brilliant <laughs> <laughs> jeez um so you I don't know how I don't I know the timeline so you have to fill me in with the timeline mm-hmm. but when did you meet Sadie Hassler and start Old Trunk okay so we we are 10 years old this year <gasps> oh wow congratulations I feel like we've done I've got a picture up there we weren't Old Trunk there were we no that was 2008 um timeline I met Sadie when I was doing Sunshine Boys at the Palace Theatre and she was in stage management and we just bonded. Um, and I think I was looking for showreel material at the time. I was like, oh, it'd be really cool to have something just written. I wonder if Sadie would do it. And she wrote this great piece. And then, I don't know, we just sort of thought, oh, we should work together. Um, and we kind of threw some ideas around and we did bits and pieces, but but we it never, I don't know, it just never seemed to be the, thing that we would do would be like a two-woman sketch show although it would have worked really well and we worked she was um with Russell Kane at the time and so we did a lot of work with him and sketches etc etc um and and still sort of couldn't find our moment to work together then we got a radio show called the Sadie and Sarah show every single Sunday yeah uh every (laughs) single Sunday uh playing about like two till five uh, free reign and we just kind of made it our own we'd bring our little guests in and we had uh, Charlie Platt who also did um, some work with uh, uh she was an actor she's an agent now uh, and she came in she was Charlie the chat pixie so she'd come in and we'd have chats with her so we had you know it was quite an I'd have Hughes news so we had all these Hughes things going news. on yeah <laughs> and it was it was always just really bizarre random facts and stuff bizarre yeah. stories from around the world um yeah so that was the first time we did something together and then I think because we'd been trying so hard to do a sketch show mm-hmm. we had forgotten our kind of roots which is theater and then one day we were like why don't why don't we do theatre? Like, why don't we do that? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of when Old Trunk was born. We got, um, our first show was called The Bastard Children of Remington Steel. It's <laughs> <That's a pretty laughs> about a, a load of nuns and orphans. Um, and the premise was that I was this orphan that lived in an attic that believed her dad was Remington Steel because the only thing she watched was old VHS of Remington Steel. I mean, actually, if you go back and watch Remington Steel now, it's why anyone would want that horrendous character to be anyone's dad is whatever. But hey, we move and times have moved. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, she lived and she wanted, because that's what I wanted as well as Sarah Mayhew. I yeah. wanted women still to be dad. <laughs> weird. Um, anyway, there you go. Uh, so yeah, so that was about nuns and orphans, and then the follow-up to that was a prequel called "The Secret Wives of Andy Williams," which should, was about nuns and orphans. Okay. All <laughs> set in the same nunnery, <laughs> um, and we got people together. 
uh charlie was in that as well john oaks was in that as well and john that, oaks he was in scared scriptless so he did a bit of scared scriptless more quirkish delight yeah okay as well yeah so he did all of that um and we worked really hard we formed the company and we took it to the camden festival first um and we got really great reviews <laughs> like crying your eyes out great reviews you know yeah so we got really good reviews at camden and thought well okay we might have something here and then we did do you know what we did we did village green did have you ever been back for a village green no Where's, is that no. in camden or in south end no it's in chocolate park oh is it? yeah it was great by metal so metal have got a house in chocolate park it's an uh -huh. arts organization and they did this great festival every year does it still happen? It doesn't at the moment. It they they I think they're doing it every other book. So Village Green uh, is a day festival in Chalkwell Park in Where South End. In Chalkwell Park, is it? Like it takes over the whole park. Oh my gosh! Because I used to live yeah. right next door to Chalkwell Park. Oh right, see, I, I do now. There. Yeah, so I used to go there all the time. Yeah, so it takes. It didn't in the first early days. It was a couple oh. of fields, and now it takes over the whole thing. So you've got the main stage, and we've had fun, fun-loving criminals. Kate Nash was headlining what? last time. Yeah, it's huge. And then you'll have um, around the um, park all these different things, but you'll have like a spoken word tent, um, a a, fa um, a zine tent, like all of these things. So me and Sadie. Um, got on the arts council um, thing to get a to get a tent because everyone sort of comes in and they fund their own stuff yeah so we did a theater tent and we had a beautiful Indian tent and we decked it out with pom-poms and we decked it out with red carpet and chairs and rugs and we we had a budget because we we were successful with our arts council funding mm -hmm. which because we didn't know anything about before this you know metal um kind of guided us but we were like what people actually give you money to do like shows oh my god um <laughs> so, wow um yeah so we so we sort of got and, and they advised that it would be a good idea to do it this way and curate something with arts council money um so we got you know quite a lot of our lovely friends paid them obviously mm -hmm. uh, and they came down and we did a whole day of theater in a tent wow and it was brilliant it was just the best. It literally sounds like a dream. Oh, it was a dream. It was a dream. I mean, you get a bit of sound bleed from the main stage and yeah, whatever. That's but all part hey, of it as well. It's all part it. of the fun of it. Yeah, we yeah. had. Oh, we had a lovely time. We had some really great storytellers in, and yeah, brilliant. So it was just, and that got us on this arts council thing. Mm -hmm. Do you have arts council stuff in the states, like a funding body? Don't know. I've never had to. There are film like well, there are grants to make films and all that stuff. Mm. They're really hard and arts. I haven't really done that. I've only done a couple of theatre bits over here, mm. so honestly, I don't know. Yeah, I was just interested when I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, oh, because I, you know, like all the theatre I've done, we've done, like, we've done like Indiegogos and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we did that as well, and we had to kind of top it up because they asked you to, uh, to sort of not quite match fund but you know what I mean you yeah. have to get like 10 percent of what you're asking for yourself <clears throat> so yeah. we've done the kickstarters and the things like that yeah and that's kind of where we went next really I think I was explaining the trajectory of old trunk wasn't I that was where we were heading yeah we so because you guys had gone to Camden then you did I the village it. green yeah and then and then because we'd got onto this arts council vibe uh we went for something called escalator east to edinburgh okay. and this was this funding or this program that facilitated you to get funding possibly to take your show to edinburgh which you're not allowed to do normally because you, you if you're funded by the arts council england you have to do the work in england or on tour mm -hmm. it's it very complex anyway so off we went and we we got on this scheme in the second year of trying and we, that meant we could take two shows to Edinburgh. Well, it meant we could take a show, but we took two shows. So we took The Bastard Children of Remington Steel and The Secret Wives of Andy Williams and did them in rep. Da, 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 nice. da, which is, was great because you've, you know, no day was the same, obviously. And you go like, all right, tomorrow we've got to do this and today we're doing this. 
um, and, you know, became sort of producers of our own company and had to do everything and spent, uh, yeah, did those two shows in rep in Edinburgh. It was delicious. Mm-hmm. That sounds it was like a massive it. learning curve mm. to do too. Um, yeah. So that's where that went. Edinburgh is a brilliant thing. I mean, I don't know when it'll come back, but um, we had a blast and, and you learn so much because you learn oh, everything. And we had a mentor. Because you have to do everything. Yeah. Like down to your, I tell people now, it's like, you know, get used to writing copy. Mm-hmm. Get used to writing 10 words, 50 words, 100 words, 200 words, 300 words to describe your show because yeah. that's what you're going to be asked for. And what images work and how you pull that crowd in and what yeah. venues you really want to be at and all of those things. So it teaches you a vast amount in a quick amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So that was fab. And then I remember sitting, have you been to Edinburgh? I haven't been to the, I've been to the festival. I haven't been in the festival. Yeah. But yeah, I went up there for a week to watch the festival. And it was just yeah. incredible. It's the most ex- amazing thing. I've wanted to do Easy. the festival for years. Mm. And I've even tried to get people here to do something to take over to Edinburgh. But people, I don't think, people do know what it is over here. But I think it's just so huge in England. It's so huge. Uh, I think. Yeah. We met, oh my God, what were their names? They did a great show. They were from LA. Comedy couple. Chuck, I want to say. Chuck, <laughs> Chuck. <laughs> just, just grab a name out there American sounding um and they were on before us at the, um the uh George Square Studios and they were the ones that told us about the Hollywood Festival the Hollywood French that's I was going to do that Hollywood French yeah. last year um I was going to we were going to do Stiletto, Stiletto Beach oh yes of course you were uh-huh. um because I read that and I yeah. cried multiple times during that play. Did you? Brilliant. <laughs> it's a monologue about South End just oh my God. going to shit. And I love that I, monologue so I much. just, I was reading it. I had to read it three times over because I, I couldn't stop crying. And I'm like, what's going on? I was like, is there something happening to me? I'm like, hormone or something. Because <laughs> I couldn't stop crying. <laughs> but it was just so true. And I've had this conversation before reading this where, because sometimes... Like when I come back to England, we go to Lee a lot and we go to South End Pier, South End, like Peter Pan's, not Peter Pan's anymore, Adventure, Adventureland. Adventure Island. Adventure Island. I'm always going to call it Peter Pan's. It's always Peter Pan's. Yeah, me too. But, I see. Yeah. We go to like the Curzel area. We go to like all of yeah. that area. So I haven't been to the high street in such a long time. And I'll do the Google view thing. You do the, you go on the street. And I do that a lot with my house, like just probably once a year I do it with my house and like where I used to live near Chalker Park and like all that stuff. And I just see how much it's changed and some stuff is like shit and some stuff is fucking amazing. I'm like, oh my God, that looks really great. But South End High Street, when I did the Google thing, I was so sad. And then I read that monologue and I was like, what's happened? Because South End used to be incredible. It used to be incredible. And Topshop was that. Yeah, Top Shop you know, was the, the It hook. was the Mecca. You did go. Yeah. And like, go, yeah, I mean Top Shop, man. Yeah. And now Top Shop's gone. Like not just from the high street, Top Shop has gone. Wait, for good? For good. That you know that big flagship straw in Oxford Street? Yeah. If anyone knows it, it's huge. Yeah. It's always got like DJs at the front. It's like such an experienced shop. Gone. Yeah. It's gone. Babes. Oh my god. god. I, yeah, she's <laughs> She's stunning, but I saw her and I was super depressed. I was like, she's so thin. And I was like, I could never be that thin. <laughs> and I got really depressed because I was like, I want to be in films and TV, but I could never be that thin. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, she's stunning, like, really. Yes. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I can't believe that's coming. When I was, was I in LA or New York? I can't remember, but I saw Liv Tyler and just mm. was like blown away by her. I was just like, <gasps> How can she be? She's so beautiful. <laughs> it's really interesting when you Isn't do it, when see... you see people, something about her. Absolutely. Oh. So Topshop has gone. Yeah, the Hollywood um, Fringe Festival. The Hollywood Fringe. Uh, so what's going to... Genu- yeah. You were going to do it. Yeah, so, we're just going to say. 
I had two Brits who we were all going to do it together. Um, and the, the casting was kind of perfect. And then I was in, I was emailing Sadie's publisher about yeah. rights and all that stuff. Yeah. And then COVID hit, Hollywood Fringe shut down just for like, for that year. This year it's virtual. Cool. <laughs> and so this year I was like, maybe I'm going to submit because I think it opens in May, the submissions. I've been writing like a one woman show which I've wanted to do for absolutely ever but then I'm like do I want to do it virtually or do I just want to wait until it's back up and running but the Hollywood Fringe is it's so much fun yeah watching plays it's got that kind of Edinburgh vibe but it's not all in the same place yeah so because obviously Hollywood is like you know massive massive it's fucking huge yeah yeah we were quite we did yeah Chuck from whatever he show he was in it was great (laughs) they were fun they were fun boys but yeah they and we did seriously think about it but at the time were we doing pram kick yeah we were doing pram kicker then that year yeah but you know our first edinburgh i remember sitting in the royal dick at summer hall uh with my mate steve and we started talking about what to do next and that's that's when pram kicker was born um yeah so that was we decided that the nuns and the orphans were very lovely we loved them uh, but perhaps we wanted to tell a story that resonated with us slightly more. Yeah. And uh, I don't have kids. That was choice. Um, but I, I've always been really amazed at the uh, at, <laughs> at people's reaction to choosing not to have kids. And I always thought that yeah. would be a great thing to explore um, in a in a show. Um, and you know it is when I say some of the stuff I mean it's in it's in Pram Kicker you yeah. know everything that's been said is in it in Pram Kicker um, because it's quite amazing mm-hmm. what what people think they have the right to know yeah well <laughs> I didn't want children for the longest time and so when I got mm. married all those questions were flooded mm. to me of course and I was like can you yeah. just fuck off like honestly yeah. for five mm. almost six years I got all those questions so Pram Kicker, when I read that, I do remember being like, <laughs> because it's so true. Like, it, it sounds like such a cliche, but all those questions people outright ask you and they've got no shame in asking you. And I find that. No shame. It, like, I, it blows my mind at mm. how strangers can, you can just strike up a conversation with strangers after five minutes and they're asking and you're just like, I don't understand why my uterus has anything to do with you. Like it to has do nothing with you, to do yeah. with you. It's got none, yeah. it's none of your business. And I then, think my favorite, yeah. well, it's not my favorite one, but it's uh, the one that is, you're just selfish. <laughs> you're just selfish. I was like, what? Yeah, yeah you, you just want like nice clothes and fancy holidays. I was like, listen, mate, my friends who are mums want nice clothes and fancy holidays. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> um so yes yeah, selfish was the one and I was like what I don't get the selfish it's all it's selfish to bring a kid into the world if you don't really want it but you feel that that's I don't get it yeah that's one of the ones I just and you've got a womb use it that was another one it's <laughs> it really is mind-blowing truly um, so yeah I remember I do remember reading Pamp Pamp Kicker and mm. really connecting it at the time because I was in mm. that same place mm. So, okay, so you came up with the idea for that? So we discussed it, yeah, 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 because we, because it really was something that I thought was really worth exploring. And um, Sadie didn't have Marcy then either, so we were both sort of child-free. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it was that idea of, and we wanted to do something not totally autobiographical, but something that really resonated and something that we believed would leave a question. Mm-hmm. for audience you know that yeah. kind of unanswered question idea um yeah I think we talked about it a lot with lots of different people and men and women and all sorts and thought went yeah come on let's do it and then we kind of got home and started thrashing some ideas about and uh I think in the beginning it wasn't ever called TikTok but we sort of our working title was TikTok and uh <laughs> and to just put some kind of uh like time on it we were like right let's just enter this into the brighton festival so the brighton festival comes around first in all of the kind of festival circuits so yeah we had to then create a show because we were booked yeah. <laughs> yeah so how long did you have 
I think we booked, I remember being down in all, in the old town in Old Lee and it being in a smack on a sofa and it was winter. So it probably was December, January when we were knocking these ideas about. And then I think, I want to say it's March, but maybe it's not because it's quite sunny. Mm, a few months. A couple of gotcha. Yeah. So you had a quick turnaround, really. Yeah. And so we kind of developed a way of working. So I think we'd come up with ideas and then researchy throw ideas around. And then you and then like by February, March, then then Sadie would go off with all of these ideas and she'd structure um, and obviously come up with characters, not just structure uh, and do and do that as Mm -hmm. the writer and then would come back in. I don't know. I always remember doing sort of Easter. So this time, yeah, because I have access to studios, and if they people are on holiday, uh, Easter holidays, we had free access. So mm-hmm. Easter holidays were kind of our time to actually really plug the script in. We'd edit it. We'd you know really pull it to bits. Might restructure it a bit. And say to go off again and come back and get yeah. So Easter time would be when we'd really start to nail it in. Gotcha. Because of the way we work we'd rehearse whenever we could working around you know what what everybody was doing so yeah and when we could get space because that's the most that's the tricksy one it is it really is so you did prime kicker you took that to brighton did you take that to edinburgh yep that went to brighton then it went to latitude festival and then it went to edinburgh and then we went on tour nice so it went all over the place. And then, so after yeah. Prime Kicker, you guys did Fran and Lenny. And then Fran and Lenny. And how, what yeah. was the timeline between, was it like a couple of years? It was the next year. Oh, wow. Super, okay. Yeah, so the, so it was super, super fast. So it was that thing again, right, we came home from Edinburgh, uh, we did the bits of touring, and then we were back in. Gotcha. And where yeah. did the inspiration for that one come from? Because obviously Prime Kicker was super personal to both super of you. Super personal. For both, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, where did the, well, we both love the whole sort of punk thing, anyway, and yeah. that idea that the female punk sort of got written out of history, of punk history. Mm-hmm. And Sadie wanted to do something about guitars, <laughs> and yeah, so she went off and was like, "I've got this idea, I've got this idea," so we fleshing out this idea, and then we'd have. You know, again, it's it's sort of lots and lots of conversations about, oh, but I love the punk gun. Viv Albertine had her book out at the time. Uh-huh. Um, so I think we, I read that and I was like, ah, this is so great. We need to, we need to represent these women. Um, yeah. So say, I think mo- that was much more of a, of um, Sadie wanted to write this women and guitars and that whole kind of idea that women did get a bit written out of that whole era. And yeah. they were such, um, they paved the way for so much, you know. They were yeah. abused on the streets um, for looking the way they did because it was just so not done yeah. <laughs> at that time. Uh, yeah, so that was that. And she, and then obviously Fran and sort of a story of two halves. So that was, yeah, it was, I loved working on that. We had, mu- I'm not going to lie, we had much bigger like you could now, I mean, it's published, so you could go off and make this huge thing. Time-wise, we ran out of time a little bit gotcha. because we wanted to have massive, you know, uh, multimedia type situations. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted to film an awful lot more. We filmed quite a lot. In the end, we couldn't do it because then you're looking at your venue and we're looking at Edinburgh venues and sometimes it, you just you just can't make those tech things work. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we kind of pared it down a little bit, but I still think I love that show and I work with it now because uh, I think it really resonates for a lot of people. It's so funny because I remember reading Pram Kicker and I absolutely loved it, and then I remember reading Fran and Lenny, and then I was just like, oh my god, this is incredible. And then I read Stiletto Beach, and I was just like, oh my god, this is incredible. You know, it's so funny because <laughs> I was like, how are these going to top each other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just yeah, so funny. Um, did you have much input with Stiletto Beach? Were you in that one? What was... I wasn't in that. No, that was uh, uh, that was a commission from Queen's Theatre Hornchurch, who we are now associate artists with. 
Gotcha. Um, so that was a commission for Sadie. Obviously, I mean, you know, yeah, I had stuff to do with it at the beginning, threshing out, you know, I was, a, I was ears. I was, a, I was mm-hmm. a, a bouncing board, as it were, mm-hmm. uh, to kind of bounce ideas off us and, 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 and read for Sadie in, you know, in her front room so she could hear voices, yeah. um, all of that kind of thing. Um, yeah, so involved in, in, in the way that, yeah, but it's not an old trunk production. Because one. with Stiletto Beach as well, like you do the Essex Girl Liberation. Yeah. Now, mm. And I feel yeah. like a lot of that kind of leaks into Stiletto Beach. I think I always had this idea. Well, I haven't just had this idea. I, we, I'm really, really passionate about the Essex voice. So I just, I work with stu- acting students and one of the girls went to me once and I know this is a thing because I've had it as well, because I was told to posh up. In fact, I've just been listening to um, a podcast today about um, drama school and that kind of idea that you've got to break somebody down and give them this neutral voice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you've got to be good at RP. And it's a bit like, why? Why are we? Why? <laughs> um, anyway, that's a whole different conversation. But my one of my students just said, I said, what's the dream? And she went, um, I really want to go Rada. And I was like, okay, cool. And she was like, yeah, but Sarah, I'll be chucked out. As soon as they hear my voice, they'll think I'm thick. And this whole idea that the Essex accent, and of course the Essex girl is in the dictionary, mm-hmm. um, not, not pleasant. And I just really wanted to fight that. Yeah. Really passionately about like, why the hell are people being told they're thick because they come from Essex? She, she's not, one, well, you know, she's just not thick, but she just has quite a strong Essex accent. And that kind of, we wanted to look at, as as Old Trunk, we wanted to look at something like that, sort of really repping the Essex voice. Yeah. Um, and and putting Essex out there, not, you know, that, but but having that that voice that people mm-hmm. can can latch onto. Um, and yeah, so I desperately, I really wanted to do something like that. And so we'd had an awful lot of conversations about about the voice and and what it means to come from Essex as a girl definitely or as a woman and yeah but then uh, obviously the commission came in so we shelved any ideas like that and then of course you can't uh, there was no point in revisiting because it sort of did yeah did that that did its job without it being um an old trunk thing but yeah and I've got I, I work with a lot of people now and give voice to the Essex voice um it's really interesting because I remember my dad was from Slough mm. and he wouldn't let us leave the table until we said words correctly. And I was never allowed to say ain't or in it or anything like that. And I remember I was doing Shakespeare stuff with Kira for my Lambda exams. And I used to say the V and the Fs, like mother and nothing yep. and all that Ooh. sort of stuff. And then um, she just couldn't get her head around it, obviously being Australian and I didn't I had no idea what the fuck she was talking about because I'm just like this is just the way I speak so I don't know what you're trying to tell me to do because I I genuinely just didn't get it and then when I got it I was like okay so I did it for all the stuff we were doing and then Val I was doing voice classes with Val and I couldn't say little I still don't say it properly little (laughs) I'd always be like little yeah love that I just remember the look on her face (laughs) in one of our classes because she had her hands up and she, I was just I, I just had no idea what she was talking about and then when the penny dropped I was like oh okay like I get it but it's it's just really interesting because when you don't think about it and I didn't really think that I had an accent and I know it's like not as strong as it used to be but mm. it's just really I don't know like I've got friends it's... who are from Essex and every time they speak and my cousins are like prop Essex and I love it and I'm just like, I, I love it. It sounds Cockney to me. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So but like... I think that whole Shakespeare thing is quite interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, <laughs> I probably didn't connect with Shakespeare particularly well because it, I just didn't. I, what was that voice? What's that weird shape? There is a weird Shakespeare voice. There is. That's sort of, it's almost like that, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's so reverential this voice and, and, or you're just being yelled at by somebody um bah, 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 all of this sort of stuff and it's like oh my god what and now I, you know productions you see that people are in their own voice they're in yeah. their own accent um 
I love it. And apparently I did that's actually how do... it used to be. Apparently that yeah. because it was all it wasn't posh people doing no, Shakespeare back in the day. It was yeah, it, it wasn't doing... like that. There's a great book actually, um, uh, Ben Crystal, uh, who's brilliant, and I have worked with him. Um, uh, he's so good, what a master! But he did a whole Romeo and Juliet in OP original pronunciation, mm-hmm. and the original pun- pronunciation would never. It would have been more like to be or not to be. Yeah, it would have been a bit more like that, um, rather than this to be <laughs> or not. And it's like, oh my god, get on with it, guys! Come on. <laughs> so I think accents are weird, and I did. Um, I did a was it a casting or I think it might have been a casting. I did the oh, was it a workshop? I can't remember. Anyway, but but whatever it was, I did a speech. They said, "Can you just be more Essex? Can you just be from where you come from?" Well, at the time, I was like, I don't know how to be from where I've come from because that got bashed out of me. I was told I had to be posh. And so now, and then I was like, I don't really understand. And then I was like, right, listen up, guys. I'm just going to, um, I'm just going to be Essex. Apart from when you um, say a speech in Essex and it changes the words. What's that? Oh, um, two solid flesh. What is it? Hamlet. No. Oh God, I don't know. Anyway, the word do is in it. Do. D-E-W. Well, when you're from Essex, you don't say D-E-W, do you? You say Jew. I said that there one time in Jew. LA in an improv thing because yes. I, that's how I've always said it. I, yeah. The gasps I had. And then yeah. I had to backtrack and then there was a British girl in the class and she was like, that's not what she means, she's from Essex. <laughs> but <laughs> people thought I was being racist. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's just what Jew. we said too. <laughs> so I think, you know, unless your accent changes a word then just keep <laughs> and of course you've got to hit a few bits and bobs if you're on the on a big stage you've got to hit something yeah. otherwise the meaning goes away but uh yeah I, the, the, that do you <laughs> yeah I'll never forget that moment it was mortifying. Yeah, bloody hell well because I didn't even know when I like obviously no. I remember saying it I remember saying juice to you because that's yes like you know deuce to yeah you, or whatever it is but that's how I would have said it in just my normal in, no, in your voice yeah. yeah and I think the thing is I, when I work with people and trying to get the obviously it's the th or the f for us yeah so um that gets all a bit mixed and actually I'm working with people and I go no 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 no, no. it's and they go and I'm like no and you're, <laughs> so I've come up with a little uh, I made up a uh, a little tongue twister for the Essex accent th which is three feisty thieves thought of food <laughs> watch someone from Essex try to do that it's like three feisty thieves <laughs> brilliant <laughs> um, so just steering off a little bit yes you were in white gold I was in white gold yeah I do remember watching so that I played Maggie Farrell and I got very excited white gold. I, I, it was great the guy the blonde head guy in it who was in hilarious in Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> it makes me piss myself. It's so funny. <laughs> um, so you're in White Gold, and yeah. then most recently you're in a short film that is doing the circuits and doing really well in the circuits. My brother's mm, mermaid. My brother is a mermaid. Yeah. yeah. So that's done amazingly. Do you know what though? I was so desperate to be in that. Oh really? So I I got oh my god! I got a self tape because obviously self tapes have been going on for way before covid yeah so i had to self-tape for it for the role of the mum right uh-huh. so i was like yes excellent oh my god so great anyway i read this script and as you do kind of looked up the director his previous film alfie dale it was gorgeous it was so beautifully shot da, da, da. so i was like i like i literally have to be in this mm-hmm. um so i sent off my self-tape to my agent and then it comes back yeah they want to meet you you need to go to the casting director's house and and it had said <laughs> Um, don't worry about being totally off book because we know we haven't given you a lot of time. This was on a Friday. I was like, all oh, right. So I'd like to see Sarah on the Monday. I was like, cool. So, you know, not a lot of time. I thought it will be this Monday. Anyway, so I rock up to the uh, casting director, Sue Adele, does her castings in her house. So I rock up to her house and literally go, hi. And she's like, hi. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm here for the casting. She was like, I haven't got a casting today. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was a week early. <laughs> Whole week early. 
that poor woman. And also, like, I know I wasn't playing a mermaid and it's got nothing to do with that, but I'd sort of given little hints, like I yeah. have a mermaid thing here. So that was on. I'd worn these trousers that were sort of quite sort of... Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. And I was a, a week early and she was like, oh God, did I get it wrong? I was like, no, 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 no. It would definitely be me. So off I went, I came home. <laughs> and I had to go back again the next week um and I went in and I, <laughs> I wore the same thing of course still yes. looking vaguely like a mermaid um Sue Odell was just like oh dear god poor woman um <laughs> but I I read for it and I did it and I did the job you know did the, the casting and I got home and then <laughs> I don't know if you do this I didn't hear anything the next day which for me because I wanted it so desperately I was like what what, what? Why haven't I got it? Why haven't I heard? Like the next day. Um, and then the next day and the next day and the next day. And then I was like, I think it hit Thursday. Mm -hmm. And I was saying to my mate, Charlie, that's it. I'm giving up. I can't, there's no way I'm doing this industry. <laughs> it was so freaking dramatic. So dramatic. That's it. I can't do it anymore. So, and then Friday they called and my agent went, I've just, I've got some news about Mermaid. I was like, yes. Well, I don't, I don't I'm not in the industry anymore. Uh, and she went, yeah, yeah, no, you, you didn't get, you didn't get the, the role of the mum. And I was like, I knew it. Uh, and then she went, but they do want you for another role. They just thought you were better at the other role. Do you want to do it? I was like, oh, fuck yes. <laughs> and so hence I came back to the industry after a, after a two days drop <laughs> we all do that just so you know I know right it's I've given up so many times um one of the guys I spoke to on this podcast he said he did a audition for a tv show in December and he's only just heard about back about it just now me too yeah <laughs> it's exactly the same exactly the same so you're sort of sitting there going and the whole yes no thing I think it's gone out the window slightly because yeah. we had that whole big campaign about you have to tell actors which I think you should but anyway that seems to have disappeared but uh yeah it's a tough isn't it but then I got it and I was so freaking pleased that I got yeah. the role that I got because she's she's not pleasant this woman and I seem to have now got this whole vibe about I I play parts who of characters who live in caravans and are chain smoking homophobes really that's kind of my <laughs> my niche <laughs> it's, it's so funny though because like I probably wouldn't see you as that but if I saw yeah. you playing that I'm gonna be like you actually do it really really well and I know a lot of people like a lot of actors get really bent out of shape when they think they're gonna be playing like a particular role and then that's not how other people see them and mm. it took me a long time to realize what mm. my strengths and what my what my niche was and I'm just like, oh, I think okay. it's really difficult. Yeah. I mean, I'm very happy with my niche at the moment. Yeah. I um, feel like because I just, you, when you find your niche, just fucking run with it. Just, I just roll with it. Like, yeah. why not? If it works, it just go and you yeah. enjoy it. I mean, you know, yeah. that's because it's going to change. Because obviously, yeah, you because change, of, yeah, like, you get older, you mature, like just exactly. the essence of you. And I'm just the like, essence. so I'm like, fuck it. Just, yeah. So now I, I'm annoyed roll. at myself. For being so like just not leaning into what my niche was you know I know it's weird no, isn't it when shit, you just kind it. of resist it yeah or, or that thing of like I can play everything it's like yeah, yeah sure but what's the real that's the one thing that you really can play really really well yeah. and I play I've got a, re a resting murder face so I didn't realize that actually when you when you have that look it's really really it translates so well to just playing proper angry characters yeah which you kind of think, oh, I don't just want to play angry characters, but actually they're so interesting. Obviously, I'm not yeah. just yelling all the time, but um, but Mermaid was that, and it, I just it was so freeing, and and it, what a gorgeous cast, and what a, and what a beautiful film in the end, and it's now doing well. It's done extraordinarily well around the world in all of the festivals that it was in. That's fantastic. Uh, yeah, won a lot of awards. And I find so, yeah, so, yeah so. I, I find short films and all that stuff just such an amazing passports to different mm. things because if you get a short film into tri Tribeca or Raindance or Sundance or mm. Berlin do you know what I mean like those yeah. are humongous festivals yeah and it's like if you're in a short film that is in one of those festivals or whatever you know what I mean the exposure yeah. and you it's just great. never know who's watching 
I think that that's a thing. And I mean, that's the kind of the, the reason that you keep, somebody did say the other, like, oh, I don't know, a few months ago, what, why do you, why do you keep going? And I think the thing is because you never, I couldn't probably do anything else, but um, <laughs> the reason, <laughs> to be fair, I'd be shit at quite a lot of stuff. Um, but uh, it's because you don't know when it, it, you could just have one day and your life will just change. Yeah. Or you will get the job that you just really, really want. And you don't know because you're auditioning all the time. And, and like you say, short films brilliantly, you're suddenly exposed. And, and this has been going on for over a year, yeah. this particular film. So I know it was, it's, yeah. So I have no idea. I know it was long lifted for a BAFTA. So that's nice. Short films are also incredible as well because they, they can be used as a proof of concept to do a feature film. Which, yeah, which I think Alf is doing now. They, it's, it's fucking amazing. I just honestly, yeah. I just, mm. it's things like that that I just get so inspired about because mm. it is, and what you were saying about things can change just yeah, like just that. Like that. Yeah. Like that. I mean, this whole, I've just, because I was out in Belgium filming uh, in <laughs> October, November last year. Mm-hmm. And I think a week before lockdown, I, my agent called and said, You've been cast in this TV. And I was like, cool, which one? And she was like, yeah, you did an audition for it. And I was like, what? And she was like, and they took it off showreel. Now, I, I, that was amazing to happen. Mm-hmm. But also the, the character that I'm playing lives in a caravan. <laughs> Is a chain smoking asshole. <laughs> so it wasn't a far reach from Mermaid. But, um, uh, but, you know, obviously different. But yeah, so I got that. And then, of course, COVID hit and it just went, oh, well, that's that then. Yeah. Uh, and then in sort of September time, they came back and they're like, nope, we're back up, we're running. Um, Sarah needs to be out in Belgium for this amount of time and whatever. And it was all obviously all COVID safe, all COVID, I mean, COVID managers. And you had to go up for tests beforehand. And mm-hmm. you wear a mask, like it's so mad, isn't it? You're wearing a mask and then you go to makeup and then you put your mask back on mm-hmm. and then you get to set and then action and then your mask comes off. It's just all, and, and that's weird because kind of the people that you were seeing up until that point I know so I know what their whole face looks like and then I get to Belgium and I'm filming with people I've never met and I when they took their mask off I was like what (laughs) no I didn't imagine your face to be that I imagined it to be something else uh so it was really strange in that way but that was you know lovely that was a really nice role playing a kidnapping caravan dwelling beer swilling kidnapper (laughs) great brilliant um yeah so I got to work in Europe before we left and uh yeah filming in those COVID times so pretty nice double whammy really (laughs) that is fantastic because filming anything in this past year is fucking magical it's like unicorns um absolutely things are definitely going to get better especially when people start getting vaccine and it's you know it's it's all it's all gonna be fine everything's gonna be fine um but yeah what because I just like to ask this question because I like to hear it myself um but what piece of advice would you give someone that because obviously you're a teacher so you must give advice out a lot to I do do you know my biggest piece of advice what's that I've actually got a little badge that says it here I've got a little but oh you might not be able to see it it's flaring up my biggest piece of advice is don't be a dick <laughs> said that in a like that's episode. that is that, like because <laughs> you know you, we all know you know as actors you know you can only work on what you can control you can you know preparation 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 be on time da, da, da. we know that you know yeah. how to act I can't you know whatever I don't know learn your lines definitely blah 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 get good at self-taping yeah 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 yeah. we know that don't be a dick is it because people book you if they like working with you yep people like I always say like when you were at school when you were little when you were at school and the teacher goes go and work you know go and fact to put yourself in a little group did you go to the wankers and go can I, can I be in your group please because I really think you're awful or do you go to your best mate because you think that they're great and they're not a dick? You, yeah. That's where you go. You gravitate to the non-dick people. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my advice. Don't be a dick. 
That's I've got a mug sound. with it on. <laughs> I've got T-shirts. I've got a little pin badge. Yeah, that's my advice, actor or not actor. But you don't ever know where people are going to be. I think that's the point. Yeah. You could work with somebody one day and the next day they're a massive casting director or, you know, whatever. And I know, I mean, I, I'm not drama school, but I know people who've been to drama school and people obviously gravitate within the industry and, you know, who was going to be an actor at one point is now a great casting director or agent or mm-hmm. producer or director or whatever. You just don't know. And sometimes you just got to go, do you know what? Bite your tongue, Mayhew. Bite your tongue. Walk away. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what you think. Just don't be a dick. Mm-hmm. Be nice. Yep. That's it. It's solid. And also <laughs> because, well, it's true because it's like, if you're going to be a dick, people might not want to hire you again. I know I've worked exactly. with people who've been dicks who I've actually hired for stuff that I've been working on. Would I hire them again? Fuck off now. Like, no. Absolutely not. You just don't. So, yeah. yeah. Um, right. Just be cool. Just be cool, guys. <laughs> and be on time. I mean, obs and know your yeah. lines. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and don't turn up a week early. Don't turn up a week early. Or maybe do. It's a great story. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness well thank you so much sarah thanks babes thanks for having me do appreciate it's been gorgeous it has been fun it's been really fun just chatting to you love it and once again thank you so much sarah for coming onto the show it was fabulously wonderfully whatever catching up with you i had so much fun um i do also apologize if you hear my son in the background at the beginning part he just wanted to participate what can i tell you um again you can follow sarah at houston on instagram and twitter for all her wonderful updates all right and go check out that short film my brother is a mermaid because it's so fucking good all right until next show guys thank you bye so sick of the sweet talk